Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Bro Wrestling Show. It's Tuesday, 1 p.m. BST. My name is Simon Miller. You're watching a pro wrestling show. I want to thank everybody who is joining me right now on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules, or you just search for Simon Miller in the YouTube search box. You'll find me stood there in my wrestling gear. If you are watching live and you haven't, or you're listening on the audio version and you haven't, why not come and give me a subscribe? It's good for what ails you. What a crazy week it has been in the world of professional wrestling. If we just, for the last time we did a podcast, right? Look at this. We had the Evolve 10th anniversary show. We had Fight for the Fallen. We had uh, Extreme Rules. And now we've had Raw. And there's loads of different news bits in between that we could talk about till the cows come home. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that crazy? The answer is yes. And also, if we're talking about Raw and SmackDown this week, everyone is saying this is the official week where Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman sit down and get things going. And if we're going by Raw... Given that Paul Heyman actually said that during a promo, I think that's something we can take to the bank. Uh, a bit of housekeeping before we do begin properly. Please do follow me on Instagram and Twitter. You can see it at the top corner of the screen there, at SimonMiller316. Uh, all of this is supported by my Patreon, patreon.com forward to Simon316. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a link in the description below. You can get merchandise at simonmiller.bigcartel.com. Shout out to everyone that bought a t-shirt this week. I appreciate it very much. And of course, if you are in the YouTube chat, you can do a super chat and you can ask and say whatever you want and I will answer it. I will talk about it. You just hit that little dollar sign beneath the say something box. And like I say, I'll read it out. I'll read out your super chat. And that is what Lamel KH2 has done. <laughs> hand on the heart. You get a hand on the heart when you're in the super chat. Who just says the Oscar up will never be forgotten. It's true. The Oscar up hasn't been seen for a while. Don't worry. They'll come back. When it comes to ups and downs, which of course goes live in 59 minutes over on What Culture Wrestling. When we're done here, we go over there. Make sure you join me. I like to balance out the ups and the downs in terms of the gimmick ones. Because that way you never get too much of it. You see? It's smart. Where shall we begin? Let's, we'll go with what the title says, right? We'll start there because that's probably why you've clicked the video. Bray Wyatt did indeed return on Raw. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this from both sides of the coin. I'm going to start off with the coin that is more me. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely loved it. The production, the graphics, the music, or the way the music went, the flashing lights, the fact that Bray was wearing the mask, the sister Abigail... It was awesome. It was excellent. And I think they took the concept of what The Undertaker does in terms of the bong lights out and they allowed it to fit the Bray Wyatt character. And don't get me wrong, the whole lights out thing has been going on in wrestling for years. But from a WWE point of view, I think that's what we uh, associate it with the most. And even with that, and even the fact that we saw The Undertaker at Extreme Rules, I thought this felt uh, original. I thought it was fun. And I thought it made Bray Wyatt seem like an absolute superstar. And I watched it a few times back. It gave me the goosebumps that these things do. Just great, just great. Thumbs up all around for um, for Bray Wyatt's uh, Bray Wyatt's return. And you know, there's so many questions now as well. It does look like he's going to fight Finn Balor at SummerSlam. I'll get to it. Give me a few. But does he wear the masks? Do we, you know, much like Kane, do we kind of drown the arena in a different kind of lighting? Do we turn the lights off when he fights? What happens with his mask if someone tries to pull it off? Is it like a luchador mask? I don't know. How different is his presentation now? To the Bray Wyatt that we, you know, that we knew and kind of loved and then kind of fell out of love with. There's so many unanswered questions. 
and that is something that I can't wait to... The fact that I'm excited to see where it goes, and yes, if it doesn't go the way we want, we'll be disappointed, but I, what's the point of living your life that way, right? We should be excited, and we should be optimistic, and just hope that it, you know, it goes in a positive direction, but I loved it, and I think the mask itself really allows Bray Wyatt to come across like a star, and the fact that he was wearing it, because that was a question at one point, is he going to wear the mask? We weren't 100% sure, but yeah, I just thought that it added... It, it, Bray Wyatt needed something different. He established that with the Firefly Funhouse, but he was always going to have to then transition that across to the ring. And in this, what, two, three minute segment, I think he was able to do that. And I think he was able to garner a lot of people's interest. And the fact we had such a big evasion and such a big response from the crowd, that's all you need. That sends shockwaves throughout all of the wrestling community, well, the WWE community. And now everyone will go, wow, who's this guy? Maybe we just started watching wrestling. I think that's important. Shout out to Helen Gower in the super chat. He says, hi, Simon. Hi, Helen. Can you please say hi to my partner, John, all the way from Tasmania, Australia? He loves your show and WWE. Isn't that crazy? Here I am, sat in my, 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 in my house just outside of London, and we got people all the way from Australia. Well, John, uh, via Helen, your partner, she says, hello. And thank you very much for watching. I love the fact you love WWE. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Positive vibes to John. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, Jinjin45 in the super chat says, just wanted to say thanks for all the content put out. You're quite inspirational to me. Well, that's very flattering, Jinjin. Uh, I appreciate that a lot. Again, you can tell I get all flustered by that because I don't know what to say. Hey, if I'm able to inspire or motivate anybody... In a way, that's like a dream come true, I think, for anybody who wouldn't want to be in that position. So again, very humbling. Whatever I could do, I am pleased to do. Um, it's just crazy to me. It blows my brain, but you're very welcome. And if I can continue to do that, I absolutely will. Uh, again, for everyone that has joined, again, if you want to get involved, if you want to ask a question, you just smash the super chat button, little dollar sign below the say something thing. You can ask and say whatever you want. Right. The other side of the coin, and this is me playing devil's advocate. I don't actually believe this from a fan point of view, but I understand the conversation some people are having. Ideally, and we talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago, maybe even a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember when it was. You wanted Bray Wyatt to come back in with a bang, and he did. But going back into a feud with Finn Balor, I understand. It depends how you look at it. A, there's a news story going around that apparently has been confirmed that Finn Balor has taken a couple of months off after SummerSlam. He needs some downtime. I guess he just needs some recuperation, which we all do. And I think it's good that he's done that, especially from a mental and physical health point of view. So shout out to Finn Balor. So that means, essentially, that Bray Wyatt will win. And that's cool. SummerSlam's only like three, four weeks away. So we have a three, four-week build. We understand what Bray Wyatt is going to be in the storyline. He whips and beats Finn Balor's ass. I don't care if he squashes him and going away. If it helps Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor's not going to be around, what difference does it make? And then we move on to, you know, whatever is next. But I... I don't think there's no negatives coming out of this. As long as we get there sooner rather than later, I do think we need to make sure that Bray Wyatt wins the world title. Either one, don't care, before the end of 2019. I think that's really important for two reasons. One, it establishes that character straight away off the bat and lets you know that he is a big deal. But two, it eradicates any of the negativity that came across from what happened last time when by the end of Bray Wyatt's run, he was dressing up in drag. We all remember that. <laughs> it was very, very strange. This is night and day from what we did then. And that's why I feel like we're on a precipice a little bit where we've got to ensure that we treat Bray Wyatt right. And right now, I think we've done perfectly. So many people were complaining and saying, oh, it's been too long since the Firefly Fun Houses. What are we waiting for? I just had this feeling, this gut feeling we were probably going to pull the trigger after SummerSlam. 
which uh, SummerSlam after Extreme Rules for SummerSlam, which is what we did. So I, I I don't think they could have handled it any better. And of course, it's all about where we're going now. Do they have a plan? Do they not have a plan? Are they flying by their seat of the pants. Is the Finn Balor feud the best thing in the world? I don't know. I have to see how it transitions and how it plays out on television. But I know I'm excited. I know when I watched that segment go down, again, I got real pumped up and I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see where this is going to go. And it was the best thing on Raw this week. And I think that kind of ticks all the boxes. So for me, it's two thumbs up. And it, it's just important now. We stay, we've got to stay the course. Bray Wyatt was awesome when he first arrived. Remember his first ever match, Kane Inferno match? The match wasn't even that great because the Wyatt family was so cool, we got away from it. So now, just establish him. Make him a top guy. Make it, He's one of your guys, WWE. I've never seen Bray Wyatt or Husky Harris or whatever else he's been anywhere else. He didn't come up through the indie scene. He is a product, he's a developmental talent of WWE. So let's ensure that we treat him right. And we, 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 we guide him on a path to becoming the world champion. He can beat Brock Lesnar for all I care. I don't care. I like Brock Lesnar a lot. I'm one of the few. But if he does that, he's established. And we need to establish new characters. Nicky Nacho, great name in the super chat. Power of positivity. Listening live for the first time from New Hampshire, USA. Love your content, man. Keep it up. That's very kind, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the super chat. Just lots of thank yous your way. My man, Ivan and I, always supporting. Hand and heart, Simon. Hand on heart to Ivan I. Um, of course, let me know in the chat what you thought about Bray Wyatt's return. I, I know I'm excited about it because I watched it a few times. As for the rest of Raw, we'll talk about that because it's the most topical before bleeding into other stuff. I thought it was a decent show. I, I, I was surprised. I always watch Raw, and then once Ups and Downs is recorded, I go out there and try and get the social media atmosphere, whatever the right word, reaction, to see what everyone else is thinking. It did seem very, very split. I don't really know what some people were anticipating with this one. And don't get me wrong, it was not perfect. I still hate all the advert stuff, which people still don't understand. I'm not mad at adverts. I'm mad that we will book a stipulation for an advert. So we'll do a two out of three falls match or, or, or whatever, just so that we can put adverts in between it. That's a crazy way to, to do anything. Um, it, just, it just doesn't work. So, you know, that needs to go. The women's match... You can look at it either way. I mean, it did go too long. There's no two ways about it. That match should never have gone that long. The crowd shit on it. <laughs> Let's call a spade a spade. And that took away from the atmosphere as well because I thought it made it very... I was very uncomfortable watching that match. If you have a crowd chanting, this is awful, it's difficult to be too excited about that, right? I mean, it's not what you want to hear. And yeah, it, I think because of that and because there was clearly messages from the back to Nikki Cross telling her to cut a heel promo, which she hasn't done to this point, and all of a sudden she was mega bad guy, it fell apart. There's no, it, you, sometimes you've got to call a spade a spade. And I'm never going to crap over it like I've seen some people crapping over it because nobody involved in that match wanted that to happen. They were probably struggling with it as well. And yeah, I saw Alexa Bliss's tweet, kind of agree with it to a certain extent. We did say give the women more time. We gave them a lot of time and they got attacked by the crowd. That's something to be discussed. But it wasn't entertaining, and I watched Raw to be entertained. Main event with the 10-man Battle Royal. You know, once more, I understand the criticism. It goes to show that WWE probably didn't have a plan for SummerSlam. Because <laughs> they just took 10 guys and threw them in the main event. But how could you not like it? Can I remember them all? Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Big E, Cesaro, Randy Orton, uh, Sami Zayn, 
come on, brain. I'll be missing obvious one because I'll be overthinking it. And two more people. I don't say now I've lost, I've lost track of who I've said and who I haven't said. Now I'm just looking off into the distance. Anyway, a couple more guys. When you have two things, when you have that level of caliber involved, and they kept it short and sweet, and they just went go, 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 go. So the pace was awesome. I don't see how anybody couldn't in, have enjoyed that. But having Big E in there, again, I saw people going, oh, what's a tag team guy in there for? Totally understand. If you don't focus on your own belt, it negates it a teeny bit. But that segment he had with Braun Strowman, where he gave him the big ending, I thought that did more for Big E's career than anything. And given that he fired up on uh, uh, Daniel Bryan on the paper Extreme Rules as well, I thought, oh man, I see it. I've always thought Big E would have a good singles run. I thought WWE, you know, did a great job of, of, of providing evidence for that. So I just thought it was a lot of fun. Look, Seth, it came down to Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton. It's not that big a surprise that we're doing Seth versus Brock at SummerSlam. I mean, that just makes all the sense in the world. The Battle Raw was basically there to circumvent this thing where we can't do automatic rematches, even though WWE... I mean, WWE called this a cross-promotional Battle Royal, and the cross-promotion brand thing's been dead for, what, the last two months? So it depends on what they want to focus on that day. I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily over-excited about Seth versus Brock, but we'll see what they do over the next few months. Maybe they call it, come up with a cool stip. Maybe somebody else gets involved. Maybe it's a three-way. It'd be a bit weird if Brock wins. Obviously, he won Extreme Rules in terms of the narrative of the podcast, the show. You know, you don't want to flip-flop your title too much, so I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do. I did think when it came down to Randy Orton and Seth, there was a tiny part of me where I was like, maybe Randy Orton winning this wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I don't know how that adds up from a character perspective. And even though they fought a few years ago at SummerSlam, it was 2016... Maybe that just sums up how I feel about the Seth Brock feud. But look, it was a fun battle royal. We know our direction for SummerSlam. Hopefully Brock will be on more Raws than he won't be. That's my big thing. When he won it at uh, Extreme Rules and he cashed in, I gave WWE the benefit of the doubt, which probably makes me an idiot, I know. But if we do allow Brock Lesnar to actually show up, I don't mind him being Universal Champion. He comes across like a threat. The crowd treat him like a star. You saw that at Extreme Rules and you saw that on Raw here. He got cheered like a hero when, it, when he kicked off Raw. He just needs to be on the show. It's when he commandeers and kidnaps the title that we have a problem. Roscala 99 Ruffles in the Super Chat. Off topic, but do you think we'll see Taker at SummerSlam? I've never seen him live, so praying he does show up, especially after that match. That's my man Rafad, of course, the biggest Undertaker fan in the world. Dude, I don't know if we are. The fact that he wasn't on Raw and the fact we seem to be setting up Drew versus Cedric Alexander for whatever's going to be. It's a bit weird if Takers at Extreme Rules are not SummerSlam. I'm 50-50 on it. I don't know. I think we'll probably find out next week with this reunion show, right? Which we'll talk about more next week. Although some of the names of the reunion show, top of my head, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, Sid Vicious, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Um, oh man, there's loads. There's like 32 people on it. Kelly Kelly. Booker T. I mean, there's maybe too many people. How are they going to work them all in? I don't know. But maybe we do something there. Maybe it is still Drew McIntyre versus The Undertaker. But again, I think we're going off in a different direction. I hope he is. But we'll see. He looked good at Extreme Rules. Jacob Donnelly. I thought Bray Wyatt's return was fantastic. It's one of the only things that truly feels creative and different. I would agree with that. I, I, I would I would, absolutely agree with that. I think... Again, it feels unique. It feels original. It feels like something you can only get from watching wrestling, which is important. Let's never forget that. You know, you want your chosen brand of entertainment not to feel like anything else, especially when it is pro wrestling. So yeah, I agree with you. I had a great time. Bray Wyatt stole the week. I know it's only Tuesday, but Bret Wyatt stole the week. Jason J in the Super Chat. I'm feeling much better about the possibilities for Bray's new character now that Heyman is at the helm. Your thoughts, love, and positivity, my friend. Right back at you, Jason. 
I think that Bray Wyatt has a lot of his own. He has a lot of his own say over his character. But yes, I know what you're saying. It does feel more. You feel safer. You feel safer with Paul Heyman involved because that's this right up his wheelhouse, right? This is the kind of stuff that Paul Heyman has done for years. And let's not forget, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar started off Raw. They came out and they did. You know, Paul Heyman made reference that he it was only like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but he did make reference to the fact that he's now in charge, which I quite liked. That, to me, was almost like a coming out moment. Like, look, we're going now. There's no going back, and we'll see what happens on SmackDown later now that Eric Bischoff has taken up his position. There is an interesting thing. Daniel Bryan was meant to be in the Battle Royal last night on Raw, and it was changed for Sami Zayn at the last moment, which means somebody has come up with a different plan for Daniel Bryan, and WWE are teasing it on their social media channels, saying he's got some huge decision or huge thing he wants to reveal. So that's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought, you know, I like everything with the club and Ricochet. You know, I just think it's a good, it's a good feud. Just do, not going to lie. Um, I like the fact the club right now is being dominant. Looks like they're going to try and work the Usos into it, which is fine. Bit weird. I just thought it was strange just to bring Robert Roode back. Or Bobby Roode, he's got his beard again. To have him be pinned. But hey, you know, what are you going to do? And look, there was a lot of talent used on this show. Like more so than usual. The Maria Mike Kanellis thing, I think, has now gone off the rails. With Maria wanting to fight Zack Ryder. Oh, uh, not, let's not even go in a minute. And the 24-7 title stuff was was fabulous as far as I'm concerned. Seeing R-Truth win with a crossbody on a bed when Drake Maverick was there just in the 24-7 championship because he was about to have sex with his wife. That's the kind of dumb I want when it comes to when it comes to my WWE. Not when it comes to my WWE, when it comes to a title like that that has been told... Has been you know, held up as something that's meant to be ridiculous. I want you to be as ridiculous as possible, and it was, and that made me happy, right? So yeah, and then, you know, there wasn't nothing else too much going on. I just, I just thought decent, not perfect, still a long way to go, but hopefully indicative of where we are going in the future, long-term storylines. Um, the Miz and Dolph Ziggler segment was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. All I'm going to do with that one, I mean, I'll go over it, but um, it, I, they must have been running out of time. Because this was delivered so fast, <laughs> I couldn't quite keep up with it. So that was really, really weird. That, that, that was really, really strange. But look, you know, what could you do? Uh, Lamel KH2 says in the Super Chat, also Baron Corbin and his last chancellor. Well, I actually think there's been somewhat of a... As far as I was concerned in the story, they made it clear that it was his last chance at Seth Rollins' Universal Championship, right? And... That's not what this was. He's lost it. So I actually think it's perfectly viable. Maybe the commentators need to do a better job on that. But I think it's perfectly viable that he should be allowed to go after it again. I actually, I think that was part of the story. I think the story was actually um, that it was Seth Rollins' title. So I'll give them a pass on that one. But I saw a lot of people, uh, a lot of people talking about it. Uh, Ryan McVeigh in the super chat says, "Please do more late BST streams." better for me in the US. Well, if you don't know, we are going to be experimenting with the time over the next few weeks. Not for this one. 1 p.m. BST on a Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday when life gets in the way is always going to be the time. Uh, but if we're going to try some late shows. We did 9 p.m. last week. At uh, some point this week, we could do 8 p.m. BST, 7 p.m. BST. See what happens. Michael Kennedy in the Super Chat. If Wyatt doesn't get a golden up, we riot. You are going to be rioting, Michael. But you'll see. You'll see why. It all gets explained. It all gets explained. Jacob Donnelly, if I can find you. There you are. Golden up for the first episode of Raw in a long time without Shane McMahon. It was one of those things I didn't realize until all was said and done. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he wasn't on the show. Which is hopefully a good sign, right? 
Hopefully it's a sign that WWE is listening and they realize, hey, we can do this Shane McMahon feud, but we can do it on SmackDown. Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens can be a SmackDown feud, isn't he? There was no need for him to be on Raw. He's got no beef with Roman Reigns. That's done. The Undertaker wasn't there. His focus should be on SmackDown. Now, WWE has already announced that they are doing a... Oh, what was it? They're doing a like an open forum where all the WWE superstars are allowed to air their grievances with Shane McMahon or something like that. I don't know. It sounds cringy to me, but I'm sure Kevin Owens will be there. But it was great. No Shane McMahon. And now, look, I, want, I don't mind a Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon feud. I know we've kind of gone back to 2017 because Brock Lesnar is Universal Champion. AJ Styles is United States Champion. And we're doing a Shane McMahon-Kevin Owens feud. But wrestling is cyclical at the best of times. If it's good entertainment and I'm enjoying it, I don't care. But we didn't need to have Shane McMahon on Raw. He wasn't on Raw. We got to showcase a load of new guys. Not new guys, but guys we don't often see. Two thumbs. I'm all right with it. Frequently Fly says, try not to die. I know Frequently Fly. That's why if you have just joined and you can hear a funny fan noise in the background. I should have got it beforehand. I didn't. I had to get my fan. Basically, here's the story. Little, little story time with Miller. I am hot even when I'm like, if it's like minus five, I will go out in shorts and a t-shirt and I'll still be quite warm. So today it must be, I don't know, way over 25. I'm dying. And I thought I'd be able to sit here under lights and not be warm. It was stupid. <laughs> I was an idiot. Big T starts in a super chat. I've taken my work break at the perfect time. Yes, you have, Big T. Thank you very much for joining me on Simon's Pro Wrestling Show. And again, just because there are more people have joined, if you want to get involved in the conversation, super chat is right there. Smash that little dollar sign thing under the say something button, and we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's your show. We follow you in your direction. Let's go back over the weekend, though. Uh, we had Fight for the Fallen, and we had Extreme Rules. I thought both were really entertaining shows. I think the problem that AEW is facing at the moment is they've had so many blockbuster shows, well, two blockbuster shows in All Out and Double, uh, All In and Double or Nothing, that people expect everything to be like that. It was never going to be. And Fighter Fest was kind of a more subdued show, and Fight for the Fallen was the same. I think it went too long. I agree with that criticism. But it was enjoyable to watch, right? It was enjoyable to watch. We established some characters. If you never knew Kip Sabian, you're now aware of him. Uh, MJF got over a little bit more. We had a cool main event with the Bucks taking on the Rhodes brothers. And you had, you know, you built a, you built to the world title match at All Out uh, with um, Chris Jericho and Hangman Page. And that's the other thing. So many people are saying, oh, Hangman Page isn't ready. Hangman Page shouldn't be a top guy. But that's why you put him in that position. Like when Triple H was first put in that position in the late 90s, maybe a little bit after. That would have been the late 90s. So many people said the same thing. And yet at that time, he probably wasn't ready. But we got put in that position and we found out a way to get him ready. I think Chris Jericho will win that world championship. At least I believe he should do because he's the guy that everybody knows. And then have Hangman Page chase him, putting him out of the fuse, build him back up to the point he can win it. And then you believe him. So I thought all that was good. It really was a show that doesn't have many talking points from it because it was kind of just there to showcase what a to me AEW is still in the uh, the window shopping phase of its existence where it wants to offer you a little bit of everything and let you know this is what we're going to do this is what we're not going to do this is what we're cool with this is what we're not cool with and you can start to make up your mind about whether you like it or not shout out to frequently flying the super chat who sums it up perfectly he says my first time seeing luchasaurus he's amazing and luchasaurus is amazing luchasaurus and jungle boy were probably the two most over people on that car and if you've never known about those guys now you do and now maybe we put them in a bigger feud maybe we put them in the tag team tournament somehow even though they're not meant to be in it 
there's just there's so many options and i don't think we can actually judge what it is well, you can judge what it is it's up to you but we're not, never going to get a real understanding of what it is until it's in october and we've got weekly tv and we understand the storylines and ipso facto up down left and right i think it's really important to do that but it's a very watchable show and again like the lucha brothers match you already know beforehand whether you like that stuff or not because that's what they do in most of their matches i think it's great because they just go a thousand miles an hour um and I, they do things i can't even fathom and yeah sure if they do that all the time it will get a bit repetitive like anything again law of diminishing returns but again we've only had like three pay-per-views maybe four i can't remember that's four pay-per-views we don't need to you know i, I think we're allowed to let them breathe and, and understand and yeah there was there's still things that need to work out production issues aren't great commentary team is up in the air um yeah match length could be fiddled around with but let, let them figure it out. And if they don't start making changes in six months to a year, then it's something that we can uh, address. Chicken Ladder, Chicken Ladder, Chicken Talon in the Super Chat says the Lucha Brothers Ladder match should be amazing. And it will be. And All Out has to be good. All Out, they're basically treating like they're WrestleMania. Same venue as last year. Chicago got something to live up to. I think that card will be amazing. I think Chris Jericho, Hangman Page will be good. I think the ladder match with Lucha Brothers vs. Young Bucks will be good. Don't think Cody opponents has been announced. It's probably Sean Spears. That's a cool story. MJF may take on someone like Joey Janela. There's lots to take. Darby Allen, right? Darby Allen is a is, is is a cool character that I didn't know before that I'm warming to a lot. You know, I knew of him in gift form especially. But thanks to AEW, I'm now embracing him more as a pro wrestler. That's probably the same for people like Luchasaurus too. Um, and Extreme Rules obviously felt like a show that had more to both gain and lose. But that's because, as we've just said, it's part of the WWE canon when they're desperately trying to, um, you know, get back on track. But I did like it, Extreme Rules. I was surprised that so many people were down on it. Again, I watched it. I did my writing up. Then I go have a quick read. Some people just thought it was crap and it was this. And that. I just thought it was really enjoyable. The opening tag match with Tega, Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre was good. Um, the main event with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and everybody else was clearly overshadowed by Brock Lesnar cashing in. And I completely understand the, the, the worry about that because we've seen Brock Lesnar, again, take hold of that title so much and not do anything with it. You do get a bit bored. But my big takeaway, or my big hope, is that because Paul Heyman is pulling the strings, and because Paul Heyman has Brock's ear, maybe we can do things a little bit differently. We've got to let it play out. Um, I love Cesaro versus Alistair Black. I really hope we go big with Alistair Black later on on SmackDown. I think he's got something there. Uh, Finn Balor losing the title. To, well, actually, Finn Balor losing the title to Shinsuke Nakamura now actually starts to make more sense. Because if Finn Balor is taking time off, and they're going to have you know, Bray Wyatt run through him. In any other era, I'd say give Bray Wyatt the IC title. Do not. <laughs> the IC title is just uh, it's like a, a crutch. You don't want it because it's not pushed properly at all. Uh, the Bailey match was fine. She looked strong. She whipped the crap out of Nikki Cross and uh, Alexa Bliss. Samoa Joe Kofi Kingston I thought was disappointing. It, it just felt like another match and then Samoa Joe just lost. And I was like, well, this is what I always see. So that was a bit disappointing. And Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, they kicked each other's ass for 18 minutes. So I always thought that WWE had a bit of a get-out-of-jail card with this one. 
because they knew, because most of us knew that 24 hours later, Raw was going to have Paul Heyman at the helm and SmackDown was going to have Eric Bischoff. So we, we were going to see where, where we were going to go. But mostly I would say the last four days of pro wrestling, I've really enjoyed. And there's been a hell of a lot of it. The Evolve show, I'm not going to get into the Evolve shows too much, but I did watch it. There is an ups and downs on it. Great show. And once again, a great way to introduce you to brand new wrestlers. And as a news, a bit of news for you, if you're interested, apparently it's been top of that video of demand uh, list on WW Network for some time. And the officials and the... You know, behind the scenes people at WWE know that. So maybe there's more to come. I don't necessarily want the WWE Network to be inundated with other promotions. I think that could get a bit too much. But for now, baby steps, two thumbs up. And of course, throughout all of this, I haven't even mentioned the G1. I haven't been able to watch any of the G1 as of yet because it's just too crazy. But it it certainly sounds like it's doing what the G1 does. I want to go out of my way to see Jeff Cobb versus John Moxley. Apparently, Will Ospreay is dealing with a neck injury to the point he may not actually be able to perform on Thursday. Obviously, the most important thing when it comes to wrestling is a wrestler's health. So I hope that Will Ospreay is okay, and I hope he doesn't put himself in a position where he could get hurt. He doesn't need me telling him this, but I think his next match is against Ibushi, and I can imagine if you've got a match against Ibushi, a small part of you is like... I don't want to miss that match. But it, it's never worth your... I mean, I, I am such a supporter of all that. And I know nobody agrees with me. I would have it in all wrestling promotions. If someone does get hurt, you just stop the match and you check on them. And I know it breaks our momentum and it breaks the illusion. And it's kind of... It is crap. But if it saves a wrestler's health, I'm all for it. Because I just think that's most important. And you can call me an asshole. It's all good. I get it all the time anyway. Big T Sutz in the super chat. Bray, interesting. Bray to finally defeat the demon at SummerSlam. Hell yes, my friend. I'll tell you why. It's not like we've used the demon to any great degree. I know every time he's performed on the main roster, he's won. But it does feel like an afterthought. And Bray Wyatt being able to have that scalp sets him up for something bigger. That's what I want with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's here right now. And after his next feud, I want him here. I don't even know if I'm in the right shot. Then after that, I want him here. And I want him to climb the ladder. And I want it to keep going up. And I want to get to 2020. And I want Bray Wyatt to feel like a threat. I want Bray Wyatt to feel like Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. Not just a gimmick on a card. I want him to feel like, as soon as you get in a feud with Bray Wyatt, like, oh shit, he's going to beat me. Because he beats everybody. And he's coming after my title. And he's coming after my career. He's coming after my gimmick. He's Bray Wyatt. He's got a terrifying mask on. Wrestle with mask. Wrestle with the mask. Do different things. We'll see what happens. I love it though. It's great. Black Lucha in the super chat. Simon, can you do a video one day about your home setup? I could do. Also, your jackhammer was on point. Thank you. If you haven't seen it on my YouTube channel right now, big video talking about how I went Goldberg in my last match. Check it out. I could probably do that, Black Lucha. I shall look into it. Neil T in the super chat. I bloody love when people kip up in the ring. It just looks effective. Well, I think a kip up is good because you look athletic. For the record, I cannot do one. I've tried and tried again. I can I can do a forward headstand flip, but I need momentum. I'm not very good at gathering momentum from nowhere, but I'm working on it. And maybe one day, one day I'll bust it out. Who knows? Uh, Polar Nigel. Kofi versus who at SummerSlam? Hand on the heart, by the way, Nigel. I reckon it will be John Cena. I think if it's going to be John Cena, he needs to be on this Raw reunion show next week. Or on SmackDown later, I don't know. The thing is, I know he's filming movies. The only problem with it being John Cena is that John Cena needs to lose. And do you bring John Cena back just to lose, is my question. I'm not saying that you can't, but I don't know whether he would do that. Or if it's worth to do that, would it not be better off to hold him to WrestleMania or something like that? I, I have a sneaking feeling it may be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. I know that's a bit boring because it goes back to the WrestleMania 35 match. 
But Daniel Bryan has declared he is out of the tag team scene now. I don't know whether he's disassociated himself from Rowan, but there were clips on social media and everything we've already talked about that seem to hint at that. And do you just put Daniel Bryan into a, an intercontinental title match or a US title match? Or, it seems a bit weak. I think Daniel Bryan right now is, you know, he's on fire that you want to give him something a bit more gritty than that. So I don't know, but is that a match? Does that get people excited? Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan? If Daniel Bryan won, would it actually make a big difference? If Kofi lost, would you really care that much? Kofi's been booked strong, and the trouble in paradise right now is a devastating maneuver, Vince McMahon. But I don't know. That's a great question. This is why, in many ways, Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston would have been more interesting, because we've never seen that. But we're absolutely not going in that direction. So really, the list of candidates are less. Kevin Owens is out of it. He'll be going after Shane McMahon. Also means Shane McMahon is out of it. Goodness, thank goodness for that. In, let me know in the chat. Who does Kofi Kingston go against? Maybe it's Roman Reigns. Maybe the Kofi Kingston versus Roman Reigns. I know it's a bit strange, a bit out of nowhere. He seems to have a free path at the moment. He didn't win the Battle Royal last night. He got chucked out by um, Seth Rollins while he and Braun Strowman were fighting on the outside. What does Braun Strowman do? Do you put Braun Strowman against Kofi Kingston? I don't know. There's, there's loads of questions. There are so many people being used on the roster at the moment, which is good, and I'm for. But how you fit them all in, I don't know. And there's another rumor that Luke Harper is back on the road. How does he fit into proceedings? Maybe he teams back up with Bray Wyatt. I don't think you need that. I think this Bray Wyatt character is better as a loner. But there's a lot of questions right now, especially with this Raw reunion next week. Because now it turns out it's a USA Network idea to try and get more ratings. It's a smart move. It will work. But originally, this was planned for the first SmackDown on Fox. So maybe USA heard about it and they said, oh, no, we want that. So you could do it twice. But again, the first one's always going to be more important than the second one. But are you bringing in a legend, not necessarily Stone Cold Steve Austin, but maybe a Shawn Michaels or a Booker T, whoever, to do something with a younger guy? Not to set up a match, but to get a younger guy over. Is that something you want to do? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting seven days. I'm looking forward to the Raw reunion. Again, I think there's too many superstars on there to actually get them all in. But if it helps build to something, maybe we put a huge angle next week, especially when you know you're going to get a lot of lap fans tuned in. Not the end of the world. Not the end of the world at all. This is why I think WWE... I'm going to, we're going to have a much clearer picture of what WWE is doing in 24 hours' time once SmackDown is done. If SmackDown pulls off a blinder later and it's really good and we all enjoy it, and you know the next show is the Raw Reunion show, which they've really got to go out of their way to screw up, then the momentum is back. And they'll probably hit 3 million viewers with that Raw Reunion show. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin alone is enough to bring people back in. He's still a big deal. So I'm, opt I'm cautiously optimistic. Jackie Dominley in the Super Chat... Oh, the great question. What do you think the future... Where do you think the future for Samoa Joe goes? Um, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, he's clearly disassociated himself from Kofi or so it seems, given he had a match with Finn Balor last night. Or he could just attack him later, but that seems ridiculous because he lost clean as a whistle. Samoa Joe, Cesaro, those kind of guys feel lost to me at the moment. And that sucks because I like both of them. Although Cesaro was put over pretty big by Paul Heyman last night. When he came up on the big screen when they were announcing the Battle Royal contenders. So maybe they do have something, something in mind. I don't know. It's a great question. I think it's time to bring back some kind of stable. I'm not saying put Samoa Joe and Cesaro in a stable. But I think you've got all these guys. You want to use them. You're, you're looking at, you know, at Shudera stuff to try and bring stuff back. Why not stables? NWO, DX, The Union, Disciples of Apocalypse. Now I'm naming the bad ones. I'd be okay with that. I would be all right with that. But... There are people we need to get into storylines. Alistair Black is a main one for me. Um, maybe that's why Finn Balor's taking time off. 
Maybe he knows right now it's too crowded. They're not doing anything with me. I sat out Raw and SmackDown for weeks. I just lost to Shinsuke Nakamura. Although he probably lost to Shinsuke Nakamura because of that. And hey, if he does a great job in getting Bray Wyatt over, then fair play to Finn Balor. He's gone and do it. It's the same with the women's division. That kind of sums up where we're at in the moment. Like, you know, Natty, Natalia is the number one contender now for Becky Lynch's title. It's a great match for SummerSlam because SummerSlam's in Canada. But the fact that that's really the only options they have goes to show that maybe we need to light a few fires under some other people, get them in feuds. Because when the whole Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans things were going on, we had the Alexa Bliss stuff. They were dealing with Bailey, who's basically a SmackDown, well, kind of a SmackDown roster, but Naomi wasn't doing anything. Carmella kind of does stuff. Dana Brooke is here and there. And Naomi was very strange. You know, Naomi's quite good, but, you know, she barely, she, she barely, you know, gets her head above water. And we need to get to the point where the shows are layered so you can see who the next challenger is because they're involved in storylines and they're winning matches. That was the real problem with Drew McIntyre versus Cedric Alexander. I didn't mind Cedric Alexander winning because I've now got it in my head that WWE are never going to push Drew the way that I assumed they would do. But he's still got a presence. And if we can use that presence to get Cedric Alexander over, that's good with me. Cedric Alexander's really talented. But of course, straight away, I think in seven days or six days, we'll get to that Raw... And it will be <laughs> Drew McIntyre will just beat Cedric Alexander. And that was the other thing with Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, which got misconstrued on ups and downs. Loved that match. But at the end of it, they're in exactly the same position they were to begin with. So you're like, well, how, what do, we, how do we use this? this? I think we need to start putting people in scenarios that can be used. And that when all is said and done, you're like, oh, wow, I feel like they're a bigger deal. And that's why at one point I thought Bobby Lashley would beat Braun Strowman and maybe be a challenger for Seth Rollins. I thought, oh, maybe that's where they're going. That was me being stupid, <laughs> as always. Edgar Dominguez in a super chat. Great name. Just threw a dollar in there. I appreciate it. Uh, as we are just halfway over the show, just to remind you, uh, please subscribe to the channel at Simon316, Instagram, Twitter, patreon.com, forza Simon316. And in terms of right now, please do leave me a super chat. Chuck some stuff in there, supports the show, and I will answer your question, whatever that may be. Uh, and also, it's halfway through the show, so it's where we go and check wrestling news. See, look, it just popped up right there. This is what WWE has released about Daniel Bryan. After he and Rowan lost the SmackDown Tag Team titles at Extreme Rules, Daniel Bryan was in a state of shock. During a post-match interview, he said he wanted to end his dreams of elevating the tag division, but it wasn't long before he realized what his next step needs to be, and he whispered to himself, aim higher in the aftermath on the interview wwe has learned that brian plans on making a career altering announcement tonight on smackdown live brian has promised this will change the course of his career and shape smackdown live to its core now look he may just come out and admit that he doesn't own an electric car and that he doesn't recycle and that would be a career shift for him because he's meant to be the environmental heel but i think we need to do something bigger than that and him going after kofi kingston not that big of a deal. Him announcing he's at the tag team division, already done that. So that's negated any impact that would have. So what do we do? What do we, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know where we go with it. Maybe he announces he's never going to wrestle again within storyline. Not do that again. Maybe he announces he's only going to wrestle on his knees. <laughs> Sorry. Imagine that. I'm only going to wrestle on my knees. If you're like, ah, uh, Bischoff. Oh, no. It, it started to happen. Um, that's interesting. I don't know what, I don't know what to make of that. That's going to be fast. Him and Roman Reigns are an interesting, uh, interesting things, right? We've got an updated list of talent for the Raw reunion shows as well. Take a breath. Eric Bischoff, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, X-Pac, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, I mean, just thrown in there. Ric Flair, Mick Foley, Road Dogg, Sergeant Slaughter, The Godfather, Booker T, Kelly Kelly, Sid Vicious, Mark Henry, Santino Morella, Devon Dudley, 
Ted DiBiase, Rikishi, Ron Simmons, Jerry Lawler, Christian, Kurt Angle, The Boogeyman, Hurricane, and Jimmy Hart. I mean, surely they've got to bring Hornswoggle back, given that R-Truth has been calling Drake Maverick Hornswoggle uh, since day one. Uh, so surely he's got to win the title at least for three seconds. I don't think it was going to make a, uh, make a huge difference. Other than that, 40-plus people, they're saying. 40-flipping-plus. But I don't think there's any other news that has come out um, since we... Don't forget, we did this podcast once in the Paul Heyman and uh, eric bischoff news came out so this is why we always check just in case something goes nuts but i think that we're okay which means we can focus on some questions for the rest of the show should you so wish i've clicked the wrong button now i'll click the right button and i will figure out where i'm meant to be oh my google alarm is going off or something this is live streams hey google turn off the alarm what world do we live in where I do this? Uh, Vicky Branton says Daniel Bryan goes to 205 Live in the super chat. I like it. I mean, look, that would be career old. Do you know what? I can see Daniel Bryan doing something like that. He always says he wants to get other people over. Maybe he does. Maybe that's what he does. And he thinks, look, he said he wanted to revive the tag team division and he wasn't able to because of booking, but he wasn't. Maybe he decides, would you, there's a question, would you watch 205 Live if Daniel Bryan was on it? I think a lot of people would say yes. And there are some amazing people down there that he could fight with. Chicken Salad in the Super Chat, Jim Ross declined to be on that Raw reunion show. He did. This was a really nice story as well. So Jim Ross revealed in an interview um, that he was, Vince McMahon personally invited him to be on the Raw reunion show. And he went to Tony Khan, and Tony Khan said to Jim Ross, Jim, if you want to be on that show, you have my blessing. And that made me so happy because... I think it goes to show where Tony Khan's head is, that his head is screwed on in the right way, that he's focusing on the, the right things. And it made me like Tony Khan more. I never forget the power of liking somebody. I was thinking this over the weekend. Like One of the issues WWE has is from a social media point of view because we have this contingent of wrestling fans that aren't happy with what WWE is doing. They don't like them. And that comes across and sometimes excuse people's impression of the company, whereas everybody loves AEW, and you do need that in 2019. You can build a brand off it. Well, the young, you know, the young Bucks are talented, but they've also culminated this incredible social media following. So I love that Tony Khan said that, because he'd have every right to say you're a contracted employer to me, you can't be there, but he said yes, and Jim Ross decided he didn't want to do it. Good all round. I like that, Tony Khan. He's all right. I'm sure that means the world to him. Nikki Nacho in the super chat. I've lost you. I'm sorry. He says, just became a patron. Where's Repo Man for the reunion? Well, firstly, Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody that supports my Patreon. I'm not joking. Just to be genuine and transparent, call me an asshole, whatever. From the Super Chat to the Patreon, that's how I'm able to do all of this. That's how we'll be able to do a podcast later in the week at 8 p.m. Because I know there's stuff coming in. So I bow my head to you. Thank you very much. As for Repo Man, another cheap plug, but it ties in. At Simon316 on Twitter. I put it out there. I sent out a tweet. said, Dear WWE, I know you've got this reunion show. Please put Repo Man on it. And I'm being serious. If they do, I am going to give that Raw show, even before it kicks off, or the show kicks off, my show, 10 ups. It's going to get 10 ups. And I don't care the reaction I get. I don't care if people hate me. I will do it if it gets Repo Man on that show. People think I joke. I'm going to make a video soon called Why I Love Repo Man. It'll be a real short video, but I mean it. It's real. It'll be the best moment of my life. John Moreline in the Super Chat says, Demon Balor losing at SummerSlam. Off TV for two months. Wyatt to chase Brock Lesnar's title to Survivor Series with a triple threat mystery partner, Demon Fiend Balor. Interesting that you put Fiend in there. Thing is, though, if the Demon Balor loses at SummerSlam, doesn't it make more sense 
to not have it, to have the normal Balor lose and have the Demon Balor come back at Survivor Series. Well, I like your plan, John. The only thing I'm worried about, that kind of scenario, and it's WWE booking, so it can go either way, would suggest that the Demon Balor wins. And I do not want Bray Wyatt to lose till post-WrestleMania next year. I know that's very unlikely, but this is, how, this is how protected and how much I want to push Bray Wyatt. I don't want him to lose till some... I want him to be around for a year without being without losing. Then he's established there and you can do whatever the hell you want with him next year's SummerSlam. He'll be one of the top people forever. I don't know where that's going to happen, but we can but dream. And dream I shall. <laughs> Uh, Polar Nigel in the super chat says Daniel Bryan puts his career on the line it sparks intrigue in the match as you don't see Kofi losing with the role he's on and you also don't see Bryan retiring Nigel you just justified them doing that match at SummerSlam well done everybody give Nigel a round of applause I hope they do it I would like it as long as they push it properly not like when they did it with the Triple H Batista thing we went ah my career's on the line you're like what where did that come from Polar Nigel, man, with the shout of the day. Jacob Donnelly in the super chat. Do you think The Fiend should be a silent character and Funhouse Bray cuts promos, or does WWE drop the Funhouse gimmick from now on? That's hard. It's difficult. You want Bray Wyatt to cut a promo because he can do it, right? And you never want to take that away from his arsenal. But you're right. How do you get that? those two different characters in one? I don't think you need to drop the Funhouse gimmick, but I don't want them to WWE and have like Miz TV where he's in a set. I don't want that. But then I don't necessarily just want Bray Wyatt cutting promos from a screen. I want to see him in the ring with that mask. I think there's a way to balance that. I don't know how to do it, Jacob. And I think this is the fascination and the amazement with Bray Wyatt. People know what they would like, but we don't know if it's going to work until we see it. That's why it's so awesome. So many questions. Scott Carpenter in Super Chat, hand on the heart. First chance to listen live, so had to donate. That's very kind, Scott. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, that, that that's very very kind i'm just checking i haven't missed a super chat no i haven't um I, now i'm trying to think about how you cut bray Wyatt cuts a promo isn't it great we get to ask that question because we're at that time now where raw and smackdown need to start feeling different and bray white could be the catalyst for that catalyst because usually you just cut a promo right just cut a promo you know okay we've done this but some people are good at promos and some people are not but with bray white you can come up with a whole new idea oh man please make this work <laughs> please Please, 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 please. I'm just, I just think it could be... I think it could be brilliant. I really do. Christian Brown. Um, I want to talk about your disappointing tenure as the assistant GM of Defiant Wrestling. It's nice, isn't it? I was on YouTube recently and saw a video from the Pro Wrestling World Cup, yet you didn't use your significant pull to bring it back and make it a staple of the promotion. Why Slaphead stares at Simon Miller confusingly? Well, without wanting to ruin kayfabe too much... Uh, they only put me in the position of uh, assistant GM as I recovered from my injury so that I could still be a part of the promotion. Didn't really have any actual say, but I'm back now, and that's what matters. Bobby AJ in the super chat. Simon, why don't you do a what culture list for Defiant Wrestling? Uh, they haven't asked me. If they'd like me to do it, I will. Uh, it's, it's more of their decision. Also, how long do you think it's going to take for Vince to ruin Bray Wyatt's gimmick? Well, look, how long has it been going on now? Four or five months? Four months? I'll say four months. He hasn't ruined it yet? That's all I'll say. As of yet, I know he hasn't been in the ring, and now we're in a live environment, which there's more can go wrong, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. So far, the Bray Wyatt character has been utilized very well, and we can't drop the ball. This is like, if you're into boxing, this is an Anthony Joshua situation. If Anthony Joshua loses his rematch to Andy Ruiz later in the year, 
his career could be over because where does he go next? I'm not saying Bray Wyatt's career is going to be over. But if we have two gimmicks that are built up brilliantly and get people interested, and then within a year, two years, they've completely fluttered out, people will start thinking Bray Wyatt is the flutter out guy. And you can't do it. Much like AJ, some people think, well, how does he get back to the top if he just lost to this guy that he was never meant to lose to in the first place? It's the same kind of a thing. And when you look at it that way, you can understand why the behind the scenes world of professional wrestling is more interesting sometimes than what's going on in front of the cameras. Because a lot is riding on Bray Wyatt, maybe even more than what's happening in the ring, which is fascinating. Josh Gartside says, how do you see Bray being used going forward? I'd like it if he appeared on both shows, attacking different people, leading to a match down the line, hopefully for Kofi's belt, but who knows? Yeah, look, if he wants to run rampant on Raw and SmackDown, take everybody out and then go after a title, fine. It seems like Finn Balor is a lock for SummerSlam, given what the wrestling uh, news sites are reporting. And this from reputable sources. That's cool. He doesn't have to be a Raw guy just because he takes on Finn Balor. Although Finn Balor may be a Raw guy, SmackDown guy now. I can't remember. <laughs> Probably not. So, look, I again, I would have gone for a bigger... No disrespect for Finn Balor, but how they see him. I would have gone for a more notable opponent than Finn Balor. We haven't. Let him kick the shit out of him. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Uh, Michael Rigney. Hey, Simon. Are you worried with Bray attacking Finn? It means they might return to the pumpkin Balor. I can't see it happening. I really can't. It would be the, the stupidest decision that they could possibly make. And they know that. Like, they know that. I think the fact that uh, Bischoff and Heyman are back and that we are seeing different things, they realize they need to change things up. They do. I know sometimes they then forget that, but Bray Wyatt is an integral part of that process and I think they'll treat him with kid gloves as they should. I saw someone mention is ups and downs live at 2 p.m. BST. You know it is. 12 minutes to go. We end. Here we go to What Culture Wrestling. It's one of the most nuts episodes we've ever done. I know what the hell happened to me this morning. I went skit crazy. Probably too many skits, but you will see. John Moore on the Super Chat. Demon Balor lets him in, and Wyatt wins that way. I think I don't think they're going to rely on this let's... I think we're, rely, we're overlooking into this let me in thing because people thought that was the whole Bray, uh, Alistair Black knocking on the door thing. Oh, he's going to let him in. Nope, just Cesaro with a mouth guard. So I don't think we're going to focus on that, but I don't know if we do... Do we do... I, you know... I would put the Demon Balor in there at SummerSlam and I have him lose in a minute. I know that screws up the Demon Balor, but they don't do anything with the Demon Balor. So let's use it before it vanishes forever. That would be my point. Thomas Sutton, with the War Reunion show happening next week, do you think we will see a burial of the main roster talent like we've got a Raw 25? Again, I'm hoping that we've learnt from our mistakes. And I know with WWE, everyone goes, well, they never learn from their mistakes. And you're probably right. But I always like to stay optimistic and positive. If you watched any of my stuff, you know that. And I do feel like it's a bit of a new dawn today with, again, Eric Bishop and Paul Heyman being in their new roles. And there already being a few different things going on. And I really what I want to happen is when we get to October, and it is all changed with SmackDown going to Fox and AEW having their TV deal. I want that first week, and I want October, November, December leading into the road to WrestleMania to feel like everybody is firing on all cylinders because that's going to make AEW better, and that's going to make WWE better. And as much as I love AEW, and I really do, I've enjoyed their content so much, I don't want them to be the be-all and end-all either. It's like when I say I don't want New Japan, I don't want WWE to copy New Japan. That's what I've got New Japan for. I want my WWE to be as good a version of WWE as possible. And I, there are things I'd change. Like, I don't think every match needs to be a WWE match, which is why Alistair Black versus Cesaro Extreme Rules was so good. It felt a bit different. It played to their strengths. But hopefully that's something, especially on the Raw side, that Paul Heyman can kind of tap into Vince McMahon's head a little bit because he seems to have a similar 
uh, thought process in that sense as much as we can ever figure it out bobby aj what do you think about ballard joining the club i think it would be great and i think we're long overdue a bray white uh sorry what a finn Balor heel turn but it does seem like he's going away for a couple of months after SummerSlam. Just to chill out, good for him. He, like I said, I think that's a really smart thing to do. So, and by that point, I don't... Unless, well, you could do it because it would give the club more life. But as I don't see it short term, I'll probably say no. I love the idea. And having... You know, because the cool thing is AJ Styles and Finn Balor are kind of on the same level. I mean, AJ Styles is a bit is a bit higher. But you could probably lead into them breaking up and it being a feud. You really could. And I think AJ Styles versus Finn Balor would be an amazing feud. Especially if you turned AJ face and you made Finn Balor the heel. Because you wouldn't expect that. The filler... Hang on. The filler de leg- Phil de legend. The Phil de legend. There you go. I got you in the super chat. Let me in was the fiend talking to Bray... No more. That's very poetic, Phil. And you're right, it is. And he's let him in. I hope we're going to get a Batman thing going on here. So the Fiend is the real person, and the Bray White guy behind him is the mask, right? That's the real thing. So the Fiend's the real guy. That's why Bruce Wayne's so cool. Zach Econ Linda in the super chat. My first wrestling show live, it wasn't too good, sad face. Uh, Zach, you'd have to let me know what show do you mean. Do you mean Raw? You may have meant Fighter Fest. You might make Extreme Rules. Please do let me know. I mean, to me, if you went to Raw last night, the only disappointment was the women's match. Boy, how did they turn that women's match? Look, it's your money. You're allowed to cheer and do whatever you want, and I respect you for that. But like I said, as a viewer watching at home, I was a bit like, oh boy. <laughs> this is, it was just really horrible to watch. It just was. And again, you're allowed to do it. It just, it can't have been fun to be in that scenario, especially when Nikki Cross starts yelling into a microphone and goes full on heel for absolutely, you know, no no reason what that had to have been a call from vincent man that's got to be vincent man sitting in gorilla prison or maybe even paul Heyman. maybe it's a paul Heyman call maybe it was somebody with a position of power going we got and it worked that did turn the crowd on nikki cross and it got them riled up again so shout out to to them for doing it i don't think we ever need to make a match 23 minutes long again that kind of sets up another argument too like we have been having i know taking stupid adverts out we have been having a lot of shorter matches on Raw, and some people don't like that. I don't mind the shorter matches, because it means when you get a longer match on pay-per-view, you can kind of respect and enjoy that more, because it, it can never feel like a TV match if you do that. So I, I, I'm not totally against, yeah, going into a thing where, I don't mean like actual era matches, where you get 25 seconds and no finish, but a five-minute match is okay, I think. Is that wrong? Am I, am I barking up the wrong tree? I mean, you can't do a lot in five minutes, but if it's, if it's tying into a story or a narrative and there's a beginning, a middle, and end, and a pre and a post, I think that would be all right. Not for everything. It needs to go a bit longer. Like when we had Ricochet AJ a couple of weeks ago, that probably needs to be 15. But it seems a bit strange to me that I think the main event was about nine, and then we had a couple of tag matches that were about eight, and the women's match was 23. That's what I mean. It, I mean, it, it kind of just felt a bit all over the place, and we didn't really know what the structure of it was also i should say brock lesnar coming out and still using his title as his broom box or brock box whatever you want to call it i love brock lesnar i I, I don't like the fact that he's not on tv as much as i would prefer but i love the character of brock lesnar and i think he understands and gets pro wrestling far more than people realize and i know he has to be motivated there's valid criticisms being thrown at him but he has given me so many good memories over the last 15 years it's difficult for me to hate him, even though I do agree with what a lot of people, uh, a lot of people say. I just he's just enjoyable, and he has the easiest job in the world. We talk about this on ups and downs. His job for the last five years has been that's it. Smile and nod, smile and nod as Paul Heyman puts you over like you're the greatest thing ever. I'll be intrigued to see where we are. When we get to SmackDown on Fox. 
Is that when Brock Lesnar loses his title? Probably to Roman Reigns. <laughs> Maybe. Roman Reigns is utterly directionless at the moment. He really, really is. Not in a bad way either. I quite like it. He's just like a floating superstar, ready to do his thing. The problem is, if Roman Reigns does get put back into that main event scene or the title scene, which he will, everyone's going to turn on him again. And I think that sucks because WWE, fair credit where credit is due, WWE has deliberately taken Roman Reigns out of all of that. And Roman Reigns has done nothing but have good matches, in my opinion. I've really enjoyed all his content. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe people just don't want to see him in the title picture regardless, which I guess is fair. You're allowed to think that, but I don't really know what else um, uh, what, what else they could have done. But uh, hey-ho, hey-ho. So again, uh, we've got a few minutes left. If you've got anything you want to ask in the Super Chat, make sure you slam it in there now, and we will chat about it before we, uh, before we, before we wrap up. And like in terms of the G1, because I'm just going through now, I see a lot of G1, uh, a lot of G1 chat. We'll talk about it more when we get to the finals. Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter the other day. They said, why aren't you covering the G1? I was like, because I don't have time to... Well, there'll be like 10,000 <laughs> ups and downs for the, just the G1 and you'll get sick of it. You know, you kind of need to... You kind of need to, you need to balance it out. So we'll do the finals. And I don't know who's going to win. Like, there's so many interesting... Somebody has not... Naito hasn't won a match. He's on zero points. And that's quite a big deal for someone like Naito. Like, he's quite... He's quite, he's quite a big deal in New Japan. So... And that's why tournaments are good. That's why I would love to see tournaments brought back into WWE. It's fascinating to see, because like I say, one of the matches we may be getting this week is Ibushi versus Will Ospreay, and you will get a definitive winner and a definitive loser. I'd love that in WWE. I'd love that if we could have Braun, no, no, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Not even in a tournament, but you get a definitive winner and definitive loser, but it doesn't matter because of the way that you've, you've built everything up. Like 50-50 booking, I do find ridiculous for everything we mentioned before. Again, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, they both come out in the exact same position they went in. And it was fun, and I loved it when the Raw set blew up, and I loved their Extreme Rules match. But it would have been good, like, it would have been good if Braun Strowman, for example, had gotten the title match against Seth Rollins because he killed a dude at the pay-per-view. I like it when you can see... And again, Rey Mysterio is a great example. He lost to Bobby Lashley in 10 seconds last week, but he's still given an opportunity to go for the world title. Now, really, this stuff doesn't matter. You can forget about it. And I understand that you, you, some people go, well, you shouldn't. Well, I will, because it's, it's just... I love wrestling, but I don't want to get too crazy about it. But it would be cool if it meant something. And, you know, we do have the King of the Ring concept. We do have the King of the Ring, and I think... A pay-per-view like Hell in the Cell has probably worn out its welcome from now. I think you could just take that off the calendar and rest it for a bit. And if you did position King of the Ring there instead, I don't think that's the worst balance in the world. In fact, I think it would be, I think it would be okay. I think people would like it. you just got to treat the King of the Ring with respect. You've got to make sure the winner gets something. Do you remember when, I think when Brock Lesnar won the King of the Ring, he then got a title match, right? Am I making that up? I saw that stat the other day as well. Brock Lesnar has now won the title after winning Money in the Bank. Yeah, he won the King of the Ring and got that. And he did it with the Raw Rumble. And of course, now, Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins are the only two people to cash in on the same the other, the other one with their briefcase. So we're making history here, people. We should all be far happier than we are. I'm only joking. You don't have to be. You can be as mad or as miserable as you want. Right, three minutes left. Any last... Oh, AJ Parker smashing it in there. In Super Chat says, Hey, Simon, all the way from Texas. Amazing. Can we see The Fiend and Taker versus Papa Shango and the Boogeyman next week and the Repo Man shakes up and shows up and takes all their stuff? AJ, if this happens... I'm going to look right down the lens. If this happens, I am going to fly you out to the UK and you can come on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, in reality, I don't think I can afford to do that. But... I'm going to say, anyway, that's how much I would enjoy it. 
AJ, I, I would love it. That would, the, the, that would get seven golden ups. I'd break my system like Meltzer breaks his five-star ratings. Right, two minutes time, two o'clock BST. Uh, make sure you head over to What Culture Wrestling. Uh, join me live in the chat as we up those downs for Raw. We're all good to go. And like I say, I'll be throwing in my two cents here and there. Uh, you can support me on Patreon, patreon.com for the Simon 316. That's how I'm able to do all of this stuff. If you're around... Um, on one day this week, uh, I don't know when it's going to be. It'll be around 8 p.m. BST, one afternoon, uh, one evening. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. We're going to do another special podcast just to see how it does. Viewer-wise, I want to try and make sure everyone's getting the best time. We'll always do this time. Uh, otherwise, yeah, Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to everybody that super chatted today. I really, really do appreciate it. It means, uh, it means a lot to me that, A, you want to talk to me to begin with, but also that you support it. And yeah, look, if you are on the audio version, you want to come join the YouTube. Uh, ver- that's not what makes sense. If you're listening to the audio version and you would like to come join the YouTube live show, that sounds better. Make sure you do. And again, other episodes do go up on the audio feeds that don't make it to YouTube. So you can find it at iTunes. You can find it. You can basically find it anywhere but Spotify. But I am working at the moment to uh, to fix it. And if you if your chosen podcast carrier of choice does not have the podcast, drop me a line at Simon316 on Twitter, and I'll make sure and I'll make sure that it's there. But yeah, make sure you subscribe to that. Subscribe to my channel, like the video, share the video, do all of the stuff that you do on all other uh, internet stuff. It's just fun. But for now, head on over to Ups and Downs on What Culture, where we're going to do it, and you can get mad because I really like this episode. I still gave it a lot of downs, but I also gave it a lot of ups, which means people are going to go crazy, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Right, that's it. I love doing these shows. Thanks so much for joining me. Again, we're going to be 8 p.m. BST, either tomorrow night or Thursday night. Keep an eye out for it. I'll be there. I'll see you soon.